Hello and welcome to the Turn Right Podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about what fiction writers can learn from Bruce Springsteen. Now, in the event that you've been living under a rock for the last 40 years, Bruce Springsteen is one of the most prolific, humble, insanely hardworking, Grammy Award-winning rock star, frontman of the heart-stopping, legendary E Street Band. He's released 20 studio albums and sold more than 150 million records worldwide. He's sung about everything from heartache to the blood, sweat, and tears of the American people, or just about anyone who's ever had a dream that hasn't come true. So what can we as fiction writers learn from Bruce Springsteen? So I've compiled a list of eight different things that we can really take away from Bruce's work and learn from and hone in on and try to emulate in our own work. So number one, know the characters. The deeper your relationship with the characters, both the major and the minor characters, the stronger your story will be. That sounds like common sense, right? I just read so many books that are so plot-driven they are so want to be catchy, um, maybe preachy, hopping on different social justice claims. Um, I read a lot of books where I don't really think the author has spent time with the characters. I don't think the characters are developed. And as a new writer, something I never thought of, especially in my first book, is really developing the minor characters. And that makes a huge difference in your story. You get stuck Whenever you think a scene, whenever you think a scene is boring, there's not enough tension in a scene. Chances are, maybe your minor characters are really flat. Maybe they don't have enough backstory. Maybe they don't have enough of a reason to kind of antagonize the main character. Springsteen's best songs. All of the characters are named, and we know who they are. Like, we know Mary from Thunder Road. We could be the guy that wants to go home with Mary because of the way Springsteen paints the picture of this woman. We know Crazy Janie from Spirit in the Night. We know Madame Marie from Fourth of July, Asbury Park. We know Terry from the Backstreets. We know all of these specific characters by name, and we can kind of relate to them and really picture who they are in our heads. We don't know who the narrator of Jungle Land is. It's this kind of omniscient, um, more stepping back narrator who kind of sees everything. Like it might be the rat that pulled up into town, but who really is the rat? Or is it the girl who is sitting on the dodge? You know, we don't really know who the narrator is. We kind of just go in and out of the different characters' minds. It's like really a quick snapshot of their thought process. And because it's this like quick snapshot, kind of hands-off, um, stepping a little bit back from the scene, it's less personable and relatable. Now don't get me wrong, Jungle Land is a phenomenal song. It's a rock opera of a song. It's a very unique song and I love the sound and arrangement of Jungle Land. But I'm just kind of talking about the characters in the song. I don't find myself like as interested in them or like resonating with them as much as like Terry from Backstreets. So the first takeaway really is to know the characters, get deep inside their heads, give them specific attributes that make them different from one another, give them deep motivations, and try to be as original as possible with both the major and minor characters. Number two, 
a unifying theme creates sustainable fans. Of course, Springsteen's most prevalent dream is the American dream, or dreams not coming true, or the elusiveness of the American dream. He also writes a lot about taking pride in your work, coming from a blue-collar family, um, and patriotism that I think anyone anywhere can understand, uh, taking pride in something in a positive way. Two years ago, I think it was two years ago, maybe it was last year, I saw the movie Springsteen and I in theaters, and the main character said he was a Pakistani living in London, and he was obsessed with Bruce's music. He wanted to play Bruce's music, sing Bruce's songs. He got all the albums and hung them up in his room. Um, and I thought that was such an interesting concept. Like someone who was born in Pakistan, uh, immigrated to London, and he understood the American dream that Bruce was singing about. And he, even though he was not from America, he was fascinated with it and he wanted to achieve his own version of the American dream as a Pakistani living in London. And I thought that was so powerful. And that just goes to show you how great of a theme that is if it can reach someone in a different country like that. And you might think that, you know, the American dream is too narrow of a concept. It's, you know, just a concept for Americans. It's not this global concept. You know, I think global is like this catch catchphrase really right now like especially in business but because Springsteen dared to stand on the corner of Freehold New Jersey and tell his story from his vantage point everything was so personal and unique um, that I think other people could just really relate to that but anyway Springsteen has these unifying themes of hard work patriotism the American dream and they appear over and over and over again in his work but again he just tells them from slightly different vantage points with different narrators and different scenes um you know we have the american dream not coming true the guy that worked on his spent his whole life to work on his cars in the promise and then we have the jack of all trades on the wrecking ball album and we even have like the american dream of kind of like true love and setting out and finding yourself and born to run and so these dreams are kind of all you know they have the same feeling this desperateness maybe a little bit hopelessly romantic um, maybe unachievable maybe a little bit idealistic and we see that in all of these different songs across different albums presented in slightly different ways but if you know if we relate to the american dream as someone in high school you know, who maybe thinks going off to college, getting married, that's kind of our version of the American dream, then chances are we're going to relate to that, you know, again, when we graduate from college and we see the American dream as living in an apartment in the city with our friends and having a nine to five job. And then maybe, you know, we kind of have this evolution of what it is like as we get older, when we're in our 30s, we kind of think, oh, it's like having my own business, having a dog, maybe not having kids. Maybe it's a little bit different than what I thought. Bruce displays the evolution of his dreams and all of his different albums. It kind of grows more spiritual. Uh, you know, whenever he first started out, it was, you know, all these songs like Growing Up and Born to Run and Dancing in the Dark and just kind of finding yourself, finding yourself in your dream. And then it kind of got, you know, I would say a little bit more realistic and kind of like losing yourself to your dream. And now it's sort of taken this spiritual turn kind of, 
like within the Wrecking Ball and the Western Stars albums. But people will come back to your work if they can recognize your theme and you keep delivering on unique concepts with the same sort of great theme. Number three, divergent sound. Despite Springsteen's similar themes in his different songs, he has a very divergent sound from album to album. You know, The Rising is a totally different sound than Tunnel of Love. Western Stars is very different than Born to Run. Greetings from Asbury Park is very different than Born in the USA. So in fiction, what creates the sound? What is the equivalent of having a divergent sound to kind of keep readers interested on their toes, keep the tension up, you know, what is it? Um, I would say in fiction, it's the thing that produces feeling. And, you know, the thing that produces feeling is really the mood and the tone of the work. So um, creating a divergent mood can, you know, be enhanced by different settings. Um, maybe starting out your story in a city and then taking it to the countryside. That's a pretty common device in a lot of books. It could also be introducing new characters that create more of an antagonistic pressure on your main character. So whatever it is, it really is kind of switching things up. Um, you know, I kind of stopped reading like Nicholas Sparks books. I thought they were really good at first. I really liked them. Um, you know, just wholesome good love stories that kind of make you cry and smile and give you all the feels. But I stopped reading them because I knew the ending before I even read one one word of the book. They were just so predictable. Nicholas Sparks doesn't really have that element of divergence in his work. Um, and that's because he uses very similar plotting devices, you know, all set in the south, all kind of boy meets girl, there's a problem. We can really just sort of start to guess what's going to happen book after book. So I would say also don't be afraid to experiment with, you know, different time periods. Maybe you really like writing historical fiction, but you could try sci-fi. You know, step out of uh, your genre comfort zone. I think Springsteen really does that a lot with his songs, like Western Stars is more of a country western sounding album. Springsteen talks a lot about never wanting to emulate himself. So, you know, he's taken influence from Elvis and the Beatles, but also jazz musicians, country music. Um, so he's really just run across the board of experimenting with different sounds. And in fiction, we can do this by changing up the setting, uh, creating characters that maybe have different backgrounds, maybe a Latino character, maybe a character from the countryside, maybe a British character, um, you know, just really getting in their heads and writing from their vantage point. Number four, rewriting is paramount to your, to your success as an author. Um, it's no secret that Springsteen is incredibly passionate about his work. I've heard lots of stories on different documentaries about the band and how they would practice from very early in the morning to like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And Springsteen would kind of rewrite his own music again and again. And of course, infamously, he was going to release The Promise. Um, he had worked on it for a long time and then he kind of stopped and wrote Darkness on the Edge of Town. 
and he knew he followed his gut. He knew that he needed to rewrite and kind of work on those songs from The Promise a little bit more. Um, and he created something that people would argue better, which was Darkness on the Edge of Town. I happen to like both of the albums a lot. But the key really is to rewrite and have that discipline to know when you need to cut, to know when you need to, when you need to rewrite, um, and really follow through on that. But you can't follow through on that if you don't have passion. So number five is that passion really creates career longevity and success. These people, the E Street Band, you can tell from the moment they step onto the stage how much they love it. Max, the drummer, he's had so many surgeries on his uh, fingers and arms because he practiced playing the drums for so long. You know, you can just tell that these people love playing together. They're 70 years old. They've been doing this. We're 20 years old. And to do it for that long, you really need to love what you do. And I think that is really the real success of the E Street Band is they still love it after all of these years. You know, so many other bands, they got all messed up. They got on drugs. They were drinking. And, you know, they were ultimately unfulfilled being musicians. So make sure that writing is something that fulfills you, that you can have this extended passion for. Otherwise, find something that does light that fire in you. Because the people that have the fires within them are going to be the people that rise to the top. Six, art is personal. Yes, art is objective, but art is also personal. It's about our innermost feelings. And we know that our innermost feelings actually are the thing that connects us all the most. The River is about Springsteen's sister getting pregnant after high school. Bobby Jean is supposedly about Bruce's relationship with Steve Van Zandt, um, his guitarist. Independence Day is about Springsteen's relationship with his father. Save My Love is about the feelings he had when he listened to the radio late at night as a kid. The Rising is about his take and perspective on 9-11. So don't be afraid to put a bit of your own opinion or a bit of yourself into your work. I think if you don't put your own opinion into your work, then you run the risk of being boring. You run the risk of having characters that are very one-dimensional. Now, it doesn't mean to be preachy and in the face of your readers if you believe something very passionately. That's not what I mean. Those kind of books never connect us. But, you know, if you had an insecurity as a kid that really never went away as an adult, those are things that people relate to and people find fascinating. So don't be afraid to reveal some of yourself. Um, I believe it was J.D. Salinger who said, the author's best work, an author's best work is whenever he's on the verge of embarrassing himself. And that'd be Ray Bradbury. I don't know if it's Salinger or Bradbury, but I know uh, someone said that. And, you know, I think, I try to think about that all the time. Um, if I do write about like one of my own insecurities or something that makes me feel vulnerable, um, I just always try to think about how vulnerability connects us all. Number seven, big ideas. Springsteen is not afraid to blow it out of the park with huge ideas. He touches on the afterlife and if I should fall behind in rocky ground, you're missing. Um, we know, we get it. He talks about the American dream and promised land and 
born to run and growing up. He talks about finding your own identity. Um, he talks about 9-11. He talks about all of these huge ideas. And, you know, he gives us this intellectual food for thought. Who would think that rock and roll gives us intellectual food for thought? Um, but it's Springsteen and he delivers on that. He delivers on the intellectualism of a song along with the emotion of the song. And that is why I am such a fan of his work. That's really what I want when I go to art. I want both my mind and my heart and my soul to be engaged and immersed and lost in this piece. So if you want to engage the mind as well as the heart, you've got to go for big ideas. Number eight, details matter. Springsteen is a master of detail. He puts so much detail into his songs. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how you can rhyme and create verses and lyrics and music and rhythm. Don't know how you do that with putting in all of this detail because I know how challenging it is as a fiction writer to kind of hit out the gate running that first chapter, give the reader those details they need without boring them or weighing things down. Um, so I don't know how he does it. It's magic. It's probably a lot of rewriting. But he has such great details that create these vivid, picturesque scenes in the, in the, the listener's mind. Um, you know, the barefoot girl drinking a warm beer on the hood of a Dodge and the soft summer rain. The screen door slams, Mary's dress sways like a vision she dances across the porch as the radio plays. There is something that truly separates Springsteen from the rest of the songwriting world. Um, that is these details, the names of these people, places, and things, the description, the way that we can just see and imagine what Springsteen created. We can be on the streets of Freehold, New Jersey. We can be at the tower that fell down in New York City. We can be at Greasy Lake making love <laughs> under the bleachers. You know, we're hiding on the back streets. And those details keep us wanting more. They keep us craving his music. We want new experiences from Springsteen, but we still love going back to the, to the back streets, going back to Asbury Park. So those are the eight things that I think makes Springsteen an exceptional songwriter. There are many more, but I think those are good takeaways that we as authors can use and implement in our own work. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. What's your favorite Springsteen song? Let me know in the comments below. Keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying. I'll talk to you guys on our next road trip.